Hi, I'm Chris McIntosh. And I'm Ian McInnes. Welcome to Harp On It, a podcast where we meet to carry on the conversation started by our favorite artists. Chris and I think that one of the best aspects of music is the conversation it brings. And we plan to dig into the topics inspired by our favorite songs. Some of the songs we address will be billboard hits, and some will be smaller cult favorites. But all of them have a story to tell. Ian and I plan on leaving no stone unturned as we take this journey. Thank you for joining us along the way, and we hope you enjoy. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Go ahead and follow us on all socials at Harp on It Podcast. And if you enjoyed the episode, please like, review, and share. Welcome back, you guys, to the Harp on It Podcast. This is a podcast where we carry on the conversation that started by our favorite artists and their songs. And today, instead of doing just a regular episode, this is going to be a continuation of our last episode, part two. It's a bonus episode. Episode 10 will come out in two weeks. Um, But we thought, you know, the last topic we were discussing, death, you know, we kind of took it in a few different ways. We didn't want to get sad with it. Um, But uh, it was just kind of brought up a lot of conversation, especially as it relates to music. So we thought we'd keep it going, right? Yeah, I think it was a good idea. We decided to do the second part midway through the last episode. And like you said, we kind of looked at it from a musical aspect. Today, I feel like the conversation's going to skew a little darker, but uh, it's two sides to every coin. It's dark, but it's kind of interesting in like a true crime perspective. It's, I mean, it's historical, so it's not. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the way I took the second half as well. So it'll be interesting to see what we both have to say and which songs and artists we have to say. Because I think we were talking about it at the top, and today's going to be a little more like one of the holiday episodes that we've done in the past where it'll be lighter discussion on each song and see where that takes us and then there'll be a larger number of songs incorporated into the episode as well. Yeah, because I kind of realized, I I mean I did the editing for last episode and I realized that I probably went about 35 minutes just on the Beatles alone given context on their history and then I got into the song and then we had our discussion it was too much. It's time to give you guys a bit of a break in that respect. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a music-heavy episode, which I'm excited about. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, I like these. It's a good to you know think about the topic more broadly versus using the songs and artists that we choose as a stepping stone. It's more we're going to be discussing through them, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're kind of shoehorning them in there, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and... Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. So we're going to start off uh, with a song that I love. It's from one of my favorite albums by one of my favorite artists ever. Um, We will in the future for sure be bringing this artist back and we'll do a full like background on this artist. They really need no introduction. But this is Sing About Me by Kendrick Lamar. Let's give it a listen. All right. If you'd like to listen to the songs with us, then join us on Spotify for 30-second samples or join Spotify Premium to get the whole song. Now, I'm going to be honest. I knew that there was a skit at the end of that song, but I forgot that it was 12 minutes long. Yeah, when we pulled that up, I I did not expect 12 minutes of Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) It's like, holy shit. All right, yeah. Throw that in the middle of our podcast. (laughs) All of a sudden, we have an hour already. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> See you next week. Um, but what what did you think of the song? Very Kendrick is the way I would put that. He's got a very unique style, very uh, both with the production and with his with his verses. So I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't too familiar. I I don't listen to uh, Kendrick the way I listen to other artists, where it's more tracks versus albums where that's something we've talked about before on the podcast where albums have a story to tell from start to finish even if you know the best song is the only song that the they play on the radio per se but uh, i don't listen to kendrick that way so i I wasn't too familiar with this song you know the the interesting thing about good kid mad city the album is that he has skits kind of periodically throughout the album 
And I didn't know that. It's a whole storyline. I mean, it's essentially like a screenplay, almost. Oh. Like, acted out. There's, like, there's audio of, you know, them, you know, him and his friends talking back and forth, like, phone calls from his mom, and th- there's a whole storyline throughout. So it's, you should give the whole thing a listen start to end. I mean, he doesn't do that with the, all his albums. Each album has kind of a, uh, kind of like a thread that goes through it, but it's not as much as this is. And I would say it's not that it hasn't been done before, but this was certainly like a kind of a revolutionary Could thing be to do, especially in hip hop. Yeah. Like, especially modern, you know, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, like I said, I can't overemphasize enough that it's not just that it's a storyline, but he acts it out like him and his friends acted out it's like uh one of those um uh you know those like drama tapes that used to be popular back in the day of like oh where you listen to a production exactly yeah, yeah like spoken word like a radio play back in the back when television wasn't a thing yeah it's kind of like that so it's it's super interesting everything comes full circle now the there's two you know, obviously, I'm not going to do a whole deep dive on that song. As we saw, the lyrics are uh, there's it's immense. There's a lot of yeah. That's a dense song. Into. Yeah, I mean, it's a Kendrick Lamar track, so it's going to be dense. But wow, I yeah. was scrolling for a solid ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes of scrolling, just get to the bottom of the song. But it's um, two things I wanted to point out that I thought was really cool. Um, you know, thematically, uh, is that the first is his first verse is cut off by, you know, getting gunned down, which mm-hmm. I thought was clever. He said, and if I get shot before my album drops, and he's like, bam, 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 and he ends his verse, and then the chorus or the hook comes back in. Definitely caught me off guard. Oh, yeah. It caught me off guard the first time, too. I was like, uh, who does that? Nobody else does that. It's just Kendrick. But um, thought I was getting burgled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my initial thought as well. It's like <laughs> I must be getting burgled right now. <laughs> um, the second verse is interesting too. He says like I'll never fade away, like I know my fate, and then slowly, I, he continues rapping, but his vocals slowly fade out of the track. No, oh. um, in the second verse, which is interesting. But these are, I mean. These are true, real accounts that he's rapping about. The first is about his one of his best friends. He was Kendrick was there to witness his best friend's brother uh, die and like breathe his last breath. Got shot by someone else in his neighborhood. He you know grew up in Compton. Um, the second verse is regarding his first. It, it, regarding a song that he had in one of his earlier albums, kind of an indie album of uh, Section 80, and it's called Keisha's Song. He told her story as she was a prostitute, and, you know, I, I, I'm not super familiar with that song, but, you know, he told her whole story, and then he found out that there were a lot of people that were close to her, specifically her younger sister, that they were really upset that he was going to tell this story, and she actually asked him not to, and he he did on that first album, anyways. Mm. So it's kind of a continuation of like following up of like, you know, it's yeah, it's her story, but also I was like, you know, I I I knew her, I you know, I knew this story, you know, it, I felt like it was a good story to tell, and I don't. So he's and but he's also like kind of combating with that like uh, mentally like. Should I have done that? Should I have not? You know, the guilt or however you want to yeah. codify that. Yeah, which Kendrick Lamar has has his flaws in life, but one thing that he will always do is uh, self reflect and be honest. So that's one thing we can for sure count on him for. I think that always comes through in his music, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I thought that this was a great start to our topic of death. I mean, it definitely addresses it, but it's an interesting concept i mean overall he's saying you know when i'm gone promise that yeah promise that you'll remember me you'll sing songs about me 
you that I won't just be, you know, get erased from history once time goes on, you know? Yeah, they th- I've, I've long felt, I, I don't know who I heard it from, it was definitely not my idea, but that you don't truly die until your name is spoken for the last time. So after you're gone, whether mm. it be your family or if you're famous, obviously it's going to be the general public, but it, it until you're not remembered, that's when you truly die. And I, I thought that was a beautiful way of surmising it. It's a topic that I think especially artists really struggle with. Um, the one that comes to mind, of course, I, I don't think it's an episode without me mentioning his name, but uh, Childish Gambino. Wonderful. Yeah, he has a song um, that's, it, it's really the final song of his album because the internet, it's, um, it's the biggest trolls. Uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name. But at the end, he's essentially saying, like, help me. Like, I, I want, like, I feel like I have a message and, like, a point to be made. I want people to hear this. Help me get this out there and don't let it fade away. Like, let's keep this going and, like, slowly as well. I mean, my interpretation of the song is that he's slowly fading away into the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's somehow, it's eventually getting lost in the noise of everything else that's going on on the internet and eventually he'll be forgotten about and it's an existential crisis that he deals with throughout the whole album um, also a very interesting album to listen you know front to back front to because, back i mean that i haven't even gone into all the crazy aspects of that album i don't know if it's still available but he created websites for the album he had a whole um he had a whole screenplay for that album. He created multiple videos. Like the screenplay was about a character um, that, like, it, it was just a whole other storyline. And then the album was kind of interwoven in that. It's it's incredible. He's he, his whole thing was you know, like people don't want albums anymore. You can't just release an album. People want a whole world, and that's why I'm going to give them. I was just going to say, I think Don Glover, unlike any modern artist really is a multimedia artist well where a lot of people found him or find him from like community or some of his comedic projects and then he started releasing music and that became more popular and then he started releasing television shows like atlanta which were amazingly received and it seems that everything he does within reason is pretty well received and uh, he's a very deeply talented and then uh, you know stand-up comedy on top of that it seems that everything he does is somewhat uh successful and it almost does seem like i i think he you know it seems like he's come to terms with it but it does seem that based on interviews and his work his art it's all in a pursuit to be forever remembered Hmm. that's a i hadn't thought of it that way but that's pretty spot on it seems you know just the amount of media that man releases or that he has a part in oh yeah it's it's non-stop really he's coming out he's in two movies this year really he, he he's has he been in a movie in a while i feel like he hasn't i think I, it's been a minute yeah something um, that he didn't directly like like atlanta was his project you know, yeah something that he didn't directly be Try, responsible for i'm trying to think of the last one that he was part of I mean, he's done... So the TV show um, Swarm, he just produced. Mm-hmm. That that released, I mean, at this point, maybe like eight months ago or something. Um, but he, he's been a part of the production of this movie about 21 Savage, and he plays 21 Savage oh, really? in this upcoming movie. And, you know, 21 Savage is a part of it as well. Um, and then there's the famous actor, I forget his name, from... Uh, uh, Stranger Things is also in it, and um, but then he they recreated the Mr. and Mrs. Smith, him and someone else are oh really Mr. and Mrs. Smith the in a new movie, Brad Pitt, Angela yeah, Jolie yeah. flick from probably twenty years ago, 10, yeah, twenty years ago. So wow. he's he's busy. He's yeah, never gonna that, stop. Yeah, that one of those guys that'll work until he dies because he enjoys it. Must yeah. be nice to have a pursuit like that. But uh, I think to transition to our next song it's going to be something much sadder or at least uh, it used to make me very sad when i listened to it when i first discovered it myself not that i discovered it but 
for without further ado, our next track is going to be Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is a really sad yeah. song. All right. Oh, let's give it a listen. All right, let's listen. Yeah, I always forget, not forget, but I, I, maybe I block it out in my head how absolutely sad that is. I'm used to Eric Clapton between Derek and the Dominoes, Cream, all of the projects that he has being a little more upbeat, or at least the sections of those projects that I listen to being a little more upbeat. But wow, that is a sad song. Yeah, and but you know what? I, it's the topic. We had to go there at least once. So. Yeah. Oh, we're coming back, but <laughs> we oh, fantastic. We can't keep it at a metaphor level for too yeah. long. Um, but you know, it's an early episode. We're getting out of the way so that we're not hitting this at like episode five hundred or something. Yeah, when we're better at this. But uh, yeah, let's be sad when we're bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think everyone kind of knows the background of Tears in Heaven. It's in remembrance of his four-year-old son who slipped and fell out of 53rd story from a New York high-rise. And the lyrics kind of dissect or discuss how it's kind of his guilt about that happening. And then if he goes to heaven, if his son will even remember him, you know what? And then if he, is he the same? And and it's just a, it's, it's a tearjerker. It used to make me really sad when I listened to it. I, like I said, I found it in high school, I think. And even at that point, I, not nowhere close to having anything resembling a child, but just, I kind of looked at it through my dad's eyes, and I know that he would feel this torn. So it, it's uh, it's definitely one I won't listen to a lot unless I really need to be sad. I I I mean I've said this a few times on the podcast, but I don't really pay attention to lyrics too often unless we're doing this and I'm really trying to dissect it. Um, I didn't know all the concepts of this song. That's yeah. incredibly sad. But on a positive note, this song, like from like a thousand foot view or whatever it is, this song is a very Ian song. Like not not in the sadness, but just the the genre. Like Eric Clapton seems like a very Ian styled song. Yeah, I, I fell in and out of love with him. He's got a little bit of uh, some wacky political views that I don't necessarily see eye to oh, eye with. He? Yeah, him and Van Morrison. I I was absolutely obsessed with Van Morrison, and then you know he's he's said some things and done some things in the in the last couple of years that make me kind of go he. But uh, still, you know, separate the art from the artist, maybe if we can with that. But yeah, it, it is the mix. Even it's sad, but it's not. It's in my when I listen to that song. It doesn't. The mix in the guitar doesn't absolutely. It's not. It doesn't instantly make me sad. It's just it. It's a good accompaniment to listening to the lyrics. So it kind of keeps you, keeps you going through it. I don't know. That's the way I listen to that song. But uh, yeah, I, I can't say it. I'll. I will say it again. That's just absolutely a tearjerker for me. Yeah, I honestly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm laughing because it it's so it is so sad. I'm not laughing at the situation, obviously. Um, I'm laughing because we're doing a podcast and we just brought it such a sad place. But um, it's I, gonna go deeper. <laughs> I think we gotta move on to another song, and what I'm gonna bring up a song that I think is gonna take us in one direction where we can. Uh, th- there's something that we've been meaning to talk about for a while regarding this topic. I think I know what topic you're referring to, but I'd be interested to see what song you're actually referring to, because you did say at the top of this, to me, prior to recording, that it would reflect that, or uh, mention that. So it, it gives a small mention to it. What is it? Well, I mean, I've told you that it's an artist that we've definitely, I've definitely addressed, and it's probably one of my tops. Can you guess? Oh God, the, sh- the list is short, but I don't want to be wrong. Um, Tyler, the creator. Ah, you are so close. Ah, it's Frank Ocean. Oh, that was my second guess. Come on. This is Nights by Frank Ocean. All right, let's give it a listen. All right, all right. That was Nights by Frank Ocean. What did you think, Ian? When you said Nights, I have listened to a lot of Frank Ocean in the aftermath of our first episode because I but... pretty much told you you had to. Yeah, pretty much. And that that's actually one of my favorite Frank Ocean songs. That's perfect. Yeah. It's I, a great song. Yeah, I kind of forget about it sometimes, though. Just, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time remembering names of songs. Oh, really. yeah. Me too. 
well, before we get into like the topic, there's something really cool about the song that you might not know, but this album is first of all, this album is probably I think I've deemed it this past year my favorite album of all time so far. Um, I love that album, but one of the coolest things is that song is the middle song, and it is direct that change of tempo and kind of like beat change mm-hmm. is directly smack dab in the middle of the album. Oh, so the middle of that track is the middle of the album as well. It's yeah, it oh, splits cool. the album perfectly. So there, I, I can't remember the exact number, but there are equal amounts of number equal number of songs on each side of that song. So there's an odd number of songs on the track, and then that's the smack middle of it. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. He also has kind of like, you could say, skits in between. Um, I'm not sure if they're some of them are like real recordings of like stories or someone's you know voicemail, um, and then some others are kind of like skits between. So it's a cool album to listen to. Um, but the reason I chose that song in particular, one is that he has the reference. I mean the. the the beginning of the song is kind of more like boastful and brash and the braggadocious eat braggadocious he's kind of dismissive of whoever's trying to reach out to him and he says are you are you calling me from a seance you're from a past life but hope you're doing well bro like <laughs> kind of like sarcastic obviously um then the second half one thing that he said in uh, interviews is that when he pitches his voice up he wanted to find a way to mimic being really young mm-hmm. so that that's kind of like he talks about the hurricane katrina back in the day and like he was he was there at the time he had to oh well wow. he had to um move over to texas and you know different relationships that he had and um but the topic that we want to get into is he makes the reference he says, on God, you should match it. It's that KO. No white lighters till I fuck my 28th up. Which is a direct reference to the 27 Club. Yeah, I'm glad we ended up here. Um, I know you, I think you had mentioned that in passing prior to this. Not outside of the context oh, did of I? the podcast. Oh, okay. I, I vaguely remember you telling me that. And I don't think anyone else in my scope of conversation would reference a Frank Ocean song specifically about the, tw- or Frank Ocean line specifically That's about fair. the 27 Probably Club. not. So I, I actually did research on this for last episode, where I I was going to track from Don, McLean, Don McLean's song, American Pie, because it's about the death of Buddy Holly and a couple other artists. And he didn't die at 27, but just artists that died too early. And yeah. how that... Uh, you know, affects the era of music. So just a quick dive into the 27 Club. By all means. It's a, an informal list of actors, artists, and celebrities who all passed away at the age of 27. As things have gone on, it's moved from its original inception as just musicians to now it's pop culture figures, uh, mm. celebrities, just artists, actors, uh, athletes, really a list of people. The, the ones I want to touch on are all artists musical artists public figures exactly public figures just anyone in the in the artistic sphere of things really uh yeah the members all don't share uh cause of death it's not like they all od'd a lot of them are tragic deaths i mean anyone dying at 27 is going to be tragic no matter what era you're in in music but they're not all od's some of them are just freak accidents i think the one that i kind of knew about this from was actually Jim Morrison, the lead, the lead singer and the founding member of The Doors, died at 27. A couple other prominent members are going to be Brian Jones, a founding member of the Rolling Stones. I also want to mention that I'm not going to dive into how they died just out of respect, you know, and yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of research on celebrity death that I don't need to do. Yeah, you can look, people can look it up. Exactly, yeah, so, uh, we got Jim Morrison, The Doors, Brian Jones from The Rolling Stones, Alan Wilson, a founding member of Canned Heat, great band. I don't know if you're familiar with Not them. Familiar. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, of course, visionary guitarist and musical artist. Janis Joplin, very famous in the 70s. Kurt Cobain, another super 
famous Nirvana. member of the 27 Club. Yep, Nirvana, and then uh, Amy Winehouse. You know, another very unique sound, but I very much enjoy Amy Winehouse's uh, probably limited, limited selection. Yeah, I I almost said she's probably one of the most famous of that list, but mm-hmm. they're, they're all just so famous, especially yeah. especially Kurt Cobain, uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, mm-hmm. Jim Morrison. I mean, those are big big names. I think, especially with Kurt Cobain, obviously him dying more or less ended Nirvana, but you take Dave Grohl then moving on to other projects like the Foo Fighters, you can kind of hear a change in the way he produces music as well. Obviously, the, the, the style changed, grunge was on the way out, and things like that. Not that you could necessarily pigeonhole Nirvana strictly into grunge, but you definitely hear a, an artistic shift between that and Nirvana and the Foo Fighters, especially as he's continued to evolve. And I, I like that he was able to move on, you know, respectfully and continue making music. I grew up yeah. on the Foo Fighters, one of my favorite groups of all time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just classic. You, yeah. You know at least a handful of their songs if, yeah. you, if you grew up in our era. Yeah, absolutely. I have a uh, four-side greatest hits album on vinyl and i know every single song and i didn't really think i would i I stopped listening to them for a long time but uh i I knew every single track i don't know if that means that all the best tracks were the early ones but i know i'm still familiar with their music i'd love to go to a show um just never made it i think oh sorry still touring is what i was gonna say oh yeah i mean they're still yeah banging them out so uh kurt cobain i mean i think nirvana as a whole i mean they have one of the most famous. I'm sorry that I'm not getting this right, but it's either a VMA's performance or a Coachella performance. I did Coachella, was Coachella even exist back then? I don't think so. I it, could be wrong, but I think Coachella was a a idea and formation of the 2000s. It may have been the VMAs. That's why I want to say it was some big like festival or award show that they were contracted to perform at, and they clearly did not want to be there <laughs> at all. And I think kind of the general idea is that the um, kind of mundaneness that came with him performing mm-hmm. and playing these songs that people wanted to hear, it became, uh, what's the word, a little corporate in a way as opposed to the artistic um, endeavor that they had set out on. You see that happen a lot with artists as they grow oh, up, especially yeah. if the band forms when they're so young like Nirvana did. You know, as you grow up, you, you, priorities change, things change, yeah. you know, and as the as the money takes the, the love out of it sometimes. And, I mean, we touched on it last episode with the Beatles, where they, they after a little while, they started to get a little tired of their contract to, I think they were contracted to do like five albums or something and they're getting sick of it. Eventually they came out with their own label. and Yeah, know. I think it was like an album a year for like 10 years is what they were signed on yeah. for or something like that. That's so insane. they just started making music no one really wanted to. Yeah, but um, I believe that it's Kurt Cobain that had a white lighter in his pocket and it became this kind of theory from everyone else. Yeah, look it up. So, I mean, we could be wrong. But it became this. Yeah, <laughs> it, it became this myth that all of them had a white lighter in their pocket. Um, it's since been debunked, but that's what Frank is referencing in the song. Is he's he's not gonna have a white lighter in his pocket until he fucks his twenty eighth up, you know, until he's clear and past. It's a super superstition that he's worried about. I had recognized that from, so apparently it was Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison, and then Kurt Cobain. I had recognized that from Jim Morrison. So I thought that's what that was a reference to, but it makes, I mean, it could be a reference to any of them, honestly. There you go. It's the people that you're more familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Excuse more my way. Yeah. Relate more to Kurt Cobain, I guess. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. So it's just superstition. Frank's not superstitious he's a little stitious but (laughs) just a little stitious (laughs) um just speaking on the fact of how we've seen artists lose their passion kind of a death of passion i actually have a song that relates directly to that in an abstract way 
Yeah. Um, it's actually going to be Watermelon in Easter Hay by Frank Zappa. Oh, okay. I don't know if I know the song, but let's it's give a, it a listen. A little bit of a deep cut, but let's give it a listen. So I don't know how familiar you are with Frank Zappa, uh, but yeah, that's definitely a Frank Zappa song. <laughs> I'm, I'm not... familiar with his mystique, I think. <laughs> with the lore surrounding yeah. the man. Yeah. <laughs> Just being an underground uh, an underground uh, artist. Not artist, but uh, icon for decades and decades. But that song specifically addresses, like, right at the top, a the protagonist playing his last guitar solo and giving up music for good. So it's kind of the end of the era and the end of music in this gentleman's life. And it's inferred that it's a younger, you know, someone younger growing up. And I okay. thought that I thought that, that played well because it was the end of an era and it kind of tied back into an episode where we discussed something very similar to what we're discussing today, which was episode two, The Kids Are Alright by The Offspring, where we addressed the delusion disillusionment of growing up i should say excuse me where you're losing you know it's the end of that childhood mysticism and yeah. you know things like that so i thought it kind of was nice to tie through line back yeah, to our second episode. I, I like that it is a delusion for you if you think you've grown up but, uh, <laughs> i know i haven't but <laughs> <laughs> no that that's great i i think yeah like you said this is just a very common trope i guess well not trope it's a very common uh recurrence in the music yeah industry and that's something we touched on in the second episode so go back and give it a listen but that it it is almost a trope how much media there is released regarding that there's a stacks of movies and stacks of albums that all address this topic but it's almost still not enough because it's something that everyone goes through eventually you know unless you're lucky or an idiot yeah, well, and I think it affects some people more than others. One artist that comes to mind immediately now, like all of her re- like relationship issues or facts or whatnot aside, because um, I don't, I can't touch on it. I don't know it too well. But the artist that comes to mind is Doja Cat. Really, she recently went through something. In, in the you know the media the public's mind it's just it's very polarizing very controversial I I'm not gonna give my full take on it because I'm not like I'm not too like I'm not obviously not very close to the topic but she recently made some posts online and said in videos like to her fans directly like you guys are idiots for listening to this you're so dumb I come out with all these music they're all bangers their commercial hits, their bullshit. You know, the fact that you guys are fans of this it just proves that you guys are so dumb. Like I've essentially vaguely, saying that. I vaguely remember that and saying that she makes, you know, she doesn't necessarily make music to be listened to for some reason, even though everyone still does listen to it. It's kind of an odd stance for an artist to take. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think a few things are happening here. I mean, one is that she has she's always had a huge presence online aside from her music she does a lot of tiktok and instagram lives she you know comments on you know people's posts and whatever she's on reddit like all these sort of things where she very involved she's very involved and it's become this thing where it's uh it, it what's what's the word something relationship uh parasocial relationship parasocial relationship that these fans have with her where they're like we know you we're friends we're like Mm -hmm. i see you once a week on live i check in i know all about your life this sort of thing and a lot of her fans cross the line like overstep a lot which you can only just expect with that amount of fandom but i think a few things happen. I mean, she buzzed all her hair off, and I think her eyebrows. And people are like saying, "Like you fucked up. You should have. You're way prettier. When you need to grow your hair out again." Like say, making comments like that, where it's clearly like overstepping the line. Where they, I mean, people are mean online anyways, but some people is just, like literally saying it as if they were her her homie or whatever right? i can only imagine because i've seen the things that you post online oh my god heinous comments <laughs> <laughs> i told you we shouldn't talk about it on the podcast <laughs> but um it yeah so i think that's part of it and then 
part of just like creating over and over again. She's getting all this fame. I sh- can only imagine that for some people it can feel empty. Like, what is the point? I've gotten, I've gotten so incredibly famous and like I've reached the point that I only dreamed of. Mm-hmm. Now what? You know, it, I think we talked about in past episodes, like Billie Eilish has felt the same way. Obviously I've touched on Donald Glover feeling the same way. Um, so I think it's that, but then I think she was a little sick of her music. At least that's what she said. And she came out with a new album. What I will say is I liked a few of the songs, but it wasn't different than what she was. After all of that, you were expecting like a a thematic shift or something darker or an exploration of a different uh, style or at least something different. It was there. I will give her the credit that there were at least a few songs. Um, uh, one being, I think it's called Demons, which I think is definitely an exploration into kind of a newer, more modern rap style that's becoming popularized by people like Paris, Texas, and um, and the Hillbillies, and uh, but I it was it was still Doja Cat, which I'm happy for because I've always liked her music, but it wasn't different. Wasn't so. all that. So it was a lot of hype towards that. You know, I don't know what her intentions were. I mean, honestly, with that much fame, I just give people in that position kind of the benefit of the doubt that they're going through some shit. And I can't even imagine be dealing with that many people like commenting on my life and wanting to know every little thing and judging me for all that. It's got to be a lot. Especially if you already have your own demons, then you're dealing with those in the public eye there is no yeah there's really no more privacy so it and especially with the amount that she was interacting with her fans and with the depth of the parasocial relationship that some of them have had it's it's got to be pretty rough at uh, yeah so i yeah like i said this is that's just one example of many that i think get just worn down by the whole process if you want to call it a process just touching on the parasocial relationship thing too, I think that's another topic that you and I could explore as p- perhaps like a part two to our social media episode because it is just getting worse with the involvement of fans on social yeah. media with podcasters, with artists, with actors, with everybody. If it, it seems that in the modern take, the, if you give the fans an inch, they'll take a mile, you know, and then they think that they yeah. have a say or they have a, you know, an opinion. Parasocial relationships would be a good topic. I think it'd be really interesting because it's, um, yeah, it's definitely an issue. Do you, uh, and on uh, on that note, do you have our next song? What What do you think you got keyed up for us? Yeah, this song is. I I went demons I don't know by Doja Cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give it a listen. Um, this song is I I don't know if it's like on the nose it, the. The word death is in the name of the song. But I, I love the song. It's, again, by an artist that I've mentioned before, um, a band. But it is, do you want to guess? I was wrong last time. I'm not going to guess this okay. time. I'm it, offended now, so I'm not guessing anymore. No, I shouldn't have made a guess. <laughs> it is Little Deaths by Sir Sly. Of course it's Sir Sly. God, I should have guessed Sir Sly. <laughs> All right, let's give it a listen. All right, back to the basics, Ian. What did you think of the song? It's a Sir Sly song. <laughs> oh, wow. That's all you got? <laughs> no, I liked it. It, it uh, definitely, I like the, the line, the cigarettes line. They're very catchy. Like Sir Sly mm-hmm. always is. I, I will say his music always, you know, makes me want to tap my foot. And I'm not that familiar with them. I've been introduced to them by you yeah. prior to the podcast. I, I would have told you that Prior to the podcast, I would definitely say that they were your favorite band. Now, with a little more context in your music taste, I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. I have no idea. But if someone asked me without me explicitly asking you, I don't know what I would say. But, yeah, like I said, definitely a Sir Sly song. Yeah, I don't know who is my favorite band. For a while, it was this band called We Are The City. And, I mean, they're still one of my favorites. But Sir Sly is definitely up there. I thought it was a good song. Uh, Just, I mean, honestly, I... Every time I listen to that song, I get a different idea of what it's about. Hmm. My initial thought is that it's about a breakup, but maybe the person is missing 
that person. I mean, they say, like, free me of consequence. Let me up a little bit of tenderness. You know, they're missing the person, but, you know, it's the relationship is dead. And they're tired of little deaths. They made their bed. They don't want to lie in it, you know. They're kind of regretting their choice, but they know that it was... I mean, I'm reading into it, but toxic is the word that comes to mind. Or it just didn't work out. Makes I sense. I shouldn't put that word in it. Well, the toxic no. makes sense with his background, you know, leaving the church and everything like that, and his uh, first wife or first girlfriend. And I, I know this context because of this podcast, just, uh, you know, staying in the entity that he ran away from. So it was this yeah. released around that time? Or was this, is this like a... I think this is... A, there. A, little bit removed but okay. i mean he constantly reflects back on that time I, which makes sense to me i mean he's he's now married uh to a very popular artist as well i'm blanking on her name yoko um, ono no not yoko um i'm not gonna look it up but oh no yoko <laughs> yes yes you got it and he um so he's married he has a kid now they've taken a break from music i think they recently released a song and i I listened to it It was very good um but they they're not really doing much right now as a band um but he he reflects on that time a lot which i think it makes sense to me that you know something that impacts you so uh significantly is you can draw a lot of emotion from just one circumstance right so yeah it follows you. You know, it's it's part of who you are, part of the reason you are who you are. So it it would be ignorant to move on and say you you know, you don't think about it or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think now is a good time to wrap up to my final song, which will be our final on topic song of the episode. It's actually going to be Wake Me Up When September Ends by Green Day. Uh-huh. That's that's a great song. Yeah. It kind of hits close to home. I'll share after why, but that's a great song. Let's give it a listen. So leading up to us revealing that song, or me revealing that song and giving it a listen, you said that this song had a meaning to you. Do you know what the song is actually about? I don't actually know what the song is about. I, I would be very curious to know. Um, but it, I think I mentioned this before. Is like When I'm listening to certain songs, they hit me... A different way. I'm not trying to sound so all like artsy farty or whatever, but I do like to give like scenes to certain songs. Like I, I imagine a whole like storyline mm-hmm. based on how the song feels. It's not necessarily related to the lyrics. Sometimes it is, but not necessarily. So I have like a catalog that I just keep in my head of songs where I can go to like a different place. Like I imagine a whole like movie with it. So where does where but does wake me up when September ends take you? This isn't like an imagination or anything. It's more just the feeling and you know the relevance with September. Um, both my grandpa and I, he his birthday was the day after mine. Um, oh, that's cool. And so it, it's funny growing up when we had birthdays, uh, we would have them meshed together with the family mm-hmm. for, like celebration and people. <laughs> People would sometimes forget that it was my birthday. <laughs> it's like my grandpa, but I didn't care because, like, to me, my grandpa was just the greatest person ever. So I, like, as a kid, even I did not care because it's like both is like a day for like my grandpa and I to share. And now you know he's passed, so the song is just like you know, yeah, it was just the whole thing. It, it, like him passing away, I was stuck in California. I couldn't go back to. Canada due to COVID, so I had to watch the funeral on stream. And so September, like it obviously, it doesn't always. I mean, I think about it, it's more of a pleasant thing. But at first, it was like you know, wake me up when September ends because it's the first moment of like experiencing that for myself. You know, that's actually one a very thoughtful memory. I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, but that's actually pretty spot on to what the song's about. Oh, really? So, Billy Joe Armstrong, the lead singer and songwriter for Green Day, his father died when he was 10 in the month of September. So, earlier in the song, 
you hear seven years have gone so fast because Billy Joe wrote the song when he was 17. Later in the song, you hear 20 years have gone so fast because it had been 20 years since that date when the song was released. So he wrote the song when he was a younger person and then he released the song. So those two lines tie in. But his father passed in September. So that's just kind of poignant saying, you know, wake me up when this is over. Just, uh, you know, a a tearful remembrance and just saying that, you know, I... I'd rather deal with this asleep. Uh, it's yeah. not something I want to live through, so it ties in very closely with what it meant to you. So I'd hey, that's kudos on incredible. that. I, I mean, that's just such a... It, it's a beautiful song. In, in, am I wrong in saying that I think this is their most well-known song? Am I wrong in saying that? You could get American Idiot or Boulevard of Broken Dreams. There's sure. a lot of songs that would fit that, but I don't think I think it's in that list. I think that an argument could be made for a lot of Green Day songs just because yeah. of how depth deep their catalog is. But I think it's on that list. You, you definitely could make that argument. Yeah. Oh, hey, great choice. Thank and, you. Yeah, I think, and especially with uh, with what you added there, I think that I think that wraps up our more serious discussion of our theme from last week. I'm glad we made it a part two. I think we had a lot to say, and I I very much always enjoy the episodes where we have a little more songs, because it makes me think a little deeper on the episode. I think the way I approach these, a lot of the times, is to have like four or five songs, and then think about it through that, and then choose which one of those songs I really want to discuss. I've had a few where I think of the song, then come up with the idea, but like episode two, the Offspring one, that was another yeah. great example with like 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins and things like that. Yeah. I had a, I had a, well, I, I threw a bunch of songs in there at the end where I just wanted to make sure like I remembered what it was all about. Yeah, I I got you 100. percent But it is fun to, like I said at the beginning of the episode, to like kind of shoehorn in songs to, not not to make it work, but just like I guess finding songs that apply to this topic it's a, it's a fun like kind of backwards end of the exercise so I, I always enjoy these types of uh, episodes that we do yeah and a little more serious with the multi-song than we normally go it's been Christmas and Halloween for the last few yeah. so we did one about death <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's get real people let's get real all right um I think that uh, leads us into the section we tried last time or segment whatever word we want to use to describe each part of our podcast which is trivia uh, Chris and I are gonna amp it up a little bit and ask each other two questions and we're gonna try and ask the audience a question and then maybe on the Instagram or you know all of our listeners know us so just shoot us a text <laughs> what do you think the answer to the question what do you think the answer to the question is? So, just text uh, one of us. So, do you want to just text one of God us? Damn it. I'll put uh, Chris's phone number in the episode description. Um, yeah, thank you. He needs it. But uh, do you want to ask a question first, or do you want me to ask a question first? Uh, I want to ask you a question first. All right, let's let let question one rip. Well, I'm gonna hit you with a slow ball here because I I think you're gonna get this pretty easily. I'm pretty slow mentally, so there you go. Well. Uh, perfect. Who did Elton John duet with on the song Cold Heart? Oh, that's a the new one? Oh, God. Cold, cold heart. Is that you have to Is that Lady Gaga? Oh! I'm going to give you one more chance. You have to know this. Is it Doja Cat? Oh, just, just give You're it to gonna me. You're going to be so hurt. Is none other than Dua Lipa. Oh God, that was I was gonna say Dua Lipa <laughs> instead of Doja Cat, but the way you were like, you have to get. Oh, it. I was like, I'm oh, we sorry. were just talking about Doja Cat. So, uh, oh God, that is a right. really good song, though. I like his his more modern stuff has been. He's he's working with modern artists, and he's yeah. always been very timely. And Elton's Elton style has adapted as the time goes, but it's it's cool to see an artist, you know, teach an old dog new tricks. Oh it's yeah, always cool. It's it's fun. If nothing else, it's fun. I, I enjoy it for sure. Exactly. Um, well, I said I was going to get all of these wrong, so go at it. Speaking of Doja Cat, okay. God damn it. Complete the name of the hit Doja Cat track, Kiss Me Blank. Is it more, again, or twice? Those are the three options, so it's a multiple choice question. Uh, Kiss Me Blank. 
Kiss me more again or twice. Kiss me more. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, okay, yeah. you proved that you're a Doja Cat fan. I am a Doja Cat fan. You can fan. live nicely after this podcast ends. Perfect. Well, next question for you is, I, I think you're going to get this one. This was the one that I said was going to be more challenging, so now I'm a little worried for you, but I think you'll get it. This is a little more up your alley, but which folk duo had a hit with Bridge Over Troubled Water. Simon and Garfunkel. Ah, yeah. You got yeah. it. Easy. Great very. song. Very sad song. That's a it's a that's a tearjerker as well. Beautiful, beautiful song. It's a beautiful song. song. I love that song. We'll throw the... I have that on vinyl. We'll throw that on after this. Nice. The benefit of being friends with Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take that distinction. Um, here's an easier one for you. Okay. It's uh, easy. Everyone should know this, but I don't know. We'll see. Which Irish band had a hit with Zombie? It, we've talked about this band in this song on this uh, podcast before. Oh, it's a group. It's not the a Kinks. No, Cranberries. Oh, Mr. Chris, O for two. Oh, but it's part of. Oh no, the... one for two. Sorry, you got that. We got yeah. the last one right. Oh, we tied. Yeah, we tied. Ooh, right. ooh, that's not gonna work. We'll have to we'll have to keep track overall and see you know at the end of the at the end of this whenever this ends who is winning. <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're each at three at this point. Yeah, because we both got last week's so three for four. So, um, all right. Do you have a question for the audience? Yeah, I think I got a good one this week. Hoyp wants to ask our listeners which beetle had dyslexia. That's a great question. All right. So if you know the answer, please. Leave a comment on the Instagram post. We're going to get it there, and we'll let you guys know who's got it right. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode. Uh, Again, as always, we really appreciate you guys. If you like the episode, feel free to share it with your friends and uh, coworkers, anyone you might know. Um, People at the grocery store. Yeah. Chase people down. Honestly, my mom, she like with her friends, she'll tell them them that i have a podcast now. <laughs> it's pretty funny it's sweet um but uh yeah like share review the episode all these things help us but as always we're just happy doing this so thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time